Welcome back to Changing the Times. I'm your host, Josh Daishi, alongside my colleague, David Ulick. David, it's been a little while. We're dialing up again. You know, the NFL offseason is in full effect. Uh, the last time we spoke, we we're touching on the NFL draft. You know, things kind of went. Uh, we, we all watched it. You, Spencer, and I watched it together. Spencer Grossinger will be joining us whenever Spencer Grossinger shows up, because that's what Spencer does. Um, you, know, you know, it was an exciting time. Uh, I think the Eagles, you know, they went up. Uh, two spots to trade in front of the Giants uh, to get the guy that they wanted. Uh, a lot of people are very happy with and, De- and Devonta Smith, um, you know, some surprises early, you know, uh, with Trey Lance being taken uh, from, by the 49ers with the third overall pick. Michael Parsons went to 12. Um, you know, overall, overall, where were you surprised the most? Were you surprised that, that, that Jack that Jacksonville trade uh, drafted uh, Travis Etienne. Obviously, he took Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick. What was the big surprise for you in the first round? Um, for me, the one of the bigger surprises, even though there seemed to be a logic behind it, maybe a bigger corner was, even though I wasn't surprised that he got drafted high, was J.C. Horn going above Sertan as the first corner. I mean, I. I the the way I thought was Sertan's a generational corner, you know they they, they apparently like Horn because he's a little bit more physical and you know that's what you need in that in that division. I think that the Panthers dropped the ball a little bit there as far as the player they drafted. Only time will tell, and it could be dead wrong. You won't know that for a while. Another one of my surprises is that. I think we talked about this leading up to the draft. It's not a surprise in the sense that. Cincinnati got Joe Burrow playmaker, but the fact that you leave a offensive lineman in Penny Sewell, just who looks like a plug and play guy for the next ten years, you know, to me is just irresponsible. Who um, Spencer? Or who are you talking about? Um, the the Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you when you said it's irresponsible, I, my fault. My mind gets dressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Spencer's very, um, very responsible, as you can tell by being on time tonight. Um, you know, but I like Jamar Chase, the player. It's not a knock on the player itself. It just seems like where they need the fit, they kind of, you know, you, you, you chase for a playmaker instead of getting the, getting the real value. Okay, Spencer, thanks for joining us, as always. Uh, timely as can be. Right. Um, right. Uh, we're just kind of doing a recap of the NFL draft. We obviously touched on a couple. You know, we talked about how the Cowboys traded with the Eagles and they took Smith at ten. Uh, the Giants, we they obviously wanted Smith, but ended up getting a, a Tony from um, from Florida at twenty. They traded drafted down, so Justin Fields was taken at that spot. So, what were your thoughts on surprise picks? The biggest surprise of the first round. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, maybe it's the New Orleans Saints again going with a defensive tackle or a defensive end. Um, oh, I'll tell you the biggest surprise. The biggest surprise to me is that the Minnesota Vikings they wanted Justin Fields in the draft, so they took Darisol now. I think that the third round, their pick in the third round was the most surprising. First round, stay focused. Stay focused, Spencer. So for, first round, the, the most surprising, surprising pick. Let me think of one that shocked me. 
I'm going to say Kandari- I'll say Kandarius Tony is probably my most surprising first round pick. And the reason why I'm going to go Kandarius Tony as my first round surprise <laughs> is because the Giants usually don't take, you know, flashy wide receivers that real speed type players. They usually take road graders, defensive linemen, offensive uh, linemen. And Tony is a guy that that is really um, an interesting player that that has kind of played receiver a couple of years, a little bit of, of a project coming into Florida, but he played really well. So I'll, I'll say Tony is the most surprising pick of the first round in that roundabout way. David? Um, yeah, I mean, as I got into J.C. Horn over Sertan was a little bit surprising to me. And as I said, I thought the irresponsibility of the Cincinnati Bengals um, by taking Jamar Chase, who I think is going to be a great receiver. That's not, you know, it's no knock on Chase, but I think you need they desperately need a lineman for the quarterback who's coming off the torn ACL. Um, um, Coach, what, what, what was your biggest surprise? Yeah, it doesn't surprise. Maybe it was a bit of a surprise. Um, the mere fact that, that Chicago was willing to go up that far, give up two first-round picks, mm-hmm. and and go after Justin Fields. You know, let's be honest, quarterbacks generally go to die in Chicago. They haven't had a good quarterback since Jim McMahon, and they went after him. You know, he was sliding a little bit, um, you know, looking at the teams that were in front of them. Do I, do I think they needed to go up that far and give up that much? Not necessarily, I don't. You know, but uh, I thought that was a big move. It was a bold move. Obviously, if it works out, Ryan Pace and uh, Nagy saved their jobs. But their future, again, it's murky waters. We talk about that a lot. We talk about a lot of murky waters, and I think that's one of them. You know, with with Chicago, do I think that they have good pieces in Allen Robinson? Yes, but is he, is he there for – is he a long-term fit in Chicago? I don't know. You know, it's going to be an interesting – it's going to be interesting. Obviously, at Q, QB1 and Andy Dalton, so does that mean – Fields is going to play right away. I don't know. It, it, I think they got they went up there to get him, so he better play pretty quickly. You know. Well, well, I, I think you're you're absolutely right about how surprising it is because this is a head coach and 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 Matt Nagy that did a terrible job with with developing the second overall pick, Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, Trubisky had a really good season his first year under under um, under Matt Nagy, but then. Uh, it's really been a disaster on the offensive side of the ball. And David Montgomery, I believe, is like a second-round pick out of Iowa State. He's supposed to be a pretty decent running back in this league. He's he's incredibly inconsistent. There's some terrible games. from That offense has been abysmal. And I thought these two guys would get fired, and now the owner's going to sign off on a move to take uh, Justin Fields, who's played two seasons you know, in the Big Ten East and played very well. It, it's just crazy to me that a coach that's going to get fired was green lighted by the ownership uh, to to take uh, a quarterback in the first round and also give their pick next year to the Giants. And I thought the Giants did a brilliant job because I think the Bears are going to be are just going to get worse, worse and worse. David, I I agree with you, Spencer. I I just, just so this has nothing to do with Justin Fields. So like, let me get I, I Justin Fields pick. That's great. You know, I just cannot believe that the ownership allowed, you know, a GM and coach, as Spencer pointed out, who just look like they're good, they're primed to be fired, allowed them to mortgage their future while they have signed quote unquote QB one, you know, QB one is all they should have been allowed to get. You know, Andy Dalton is the guy that they should have been allowed to get unless, 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 unless ownership said, this is my guy. And 
you know, Ryan Pace and um, Matt Nagy. I don't care what you want. This is this is an ownership call, and, and if that's the case, I could get behind it. Yeah. But I I think it's irresponsible to allow a GM and coach to get this type of time, unless it was the owner who made this ultimately made this move. Now you know what's really interesting, David. There's only one real instance of this kind of occurring. When is that? That is with the team that went from St. Louis to L.A., the Rams, and Les Snead was not fired, but Jeff Fisher was fired. And I believe that Jeff Fisher was allowed to select Goff, but then the owner, Kroenke, kept on Les Snead, and then Sean McVay and Goff had some very successful years together. So that's like the only model that could be successful here. You're, you're, you're definitely right about that. So, yeah, my, my criticism of the pick is n- and the whole situation has nothing to do with Fields himself, the player. It's just the situation seems like you're drafting a quarterback. It just feels like to just in a year, and this is something that in the NFL you always hear, oh, he had um, this guy, he's gone through four coordinators in four years, and all the excuses build up for all these guys, right? It feels it feels like Fields is going to be on that similar track. and I, I hope for him he's not, you know, because I think he can be a good player, but it is what it is. Yeah, this is a this and coach. This is a like you alluded to. This is an offense that that doesn't really have a prevalent tight end that that is really on their roster. I mean, this isn't the easiest place to go quarterback, like you just said. No, it's not. You know, um, it really isn't. Speaking of quarterbacks and, and focusing on a league that we know so much about. Obviously, there's been some turnover in the NFC East in the offseason. Carson Wentz, thank, thankfully, is no longer an Eagle. Even We have new uh, quarterback, uh, uh, not really a new quarterback, but new quarterback coach and head coach, Nick Sirianni, uh, who, you know, he's exciting in Philadelphia. We'll give him that much. Uh, Jalen Hurts looks to be the guy, even though he's got to compete for his job. Ryan Fitzpatrick, it looks right now, has the opportunity to be the head coach. Uh, head, I'm sorry, starting quarterback for the Washington football team. Daniel Jones, who not too many people have been impressed with. I think the only thing I remember about Daniel Jones is when he tripped in the Eagles game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Dak Prescott signs this huge contract, which not for nothing, David, we've had these discussions before, doesn't always lead to greatness. It really does not. No. Um, um, in a division that's so wide open, let's be honest, you know, the, the team that won the division last year with the Washington football team won seven games as a whole. After the draft, who do you think amongst those four teams had the best draft? David, do you want to go first? I'm going to do a bias, and usually I'm negative Nancy with the Giants. I think the Giants have – Daniel Jones is not impressive, though, all this stuff. I think the Giants have really set themselves up, like, if Daniel Jones can be – like, can, can take a step in the right direction. So forget where he is. Say if he actually were to take that step, similar to – I hate to put it this way, similar to a Josh Allen. Maybe not that – Hi, wow. no, you stop with your wow because you're not listening. So, what's it called? The the whole idea of is that Josh Allen his first two years was not good. Now, I'm not saying that Daniel Jones could be Josh Allen, but can he take that progressive step, say to third year, you know, go from a bottom tier quarterback to a middle tier quarterback? The Giants are set up to be very, very good. If if Daniel Jones can just be a guy so, somewhere in that 16 to the 16 to 13 mold, not where Josh Allen was in the sense of top, top, top. But if he can be an average quarterback, Giants will win the division. I really believe it. Okay. Spencer, how do you feel? Yeah. 
I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think it's important for Dave Gettleman, too. I think the GM there has done a phenomenal job. I mean, getting rid of Odell Beckham was a great trade. Um, the team's finally got a win in Joe Judge's second year. Get to a wild card game. I could totally see Daniel Jones being like an Andy Dalton. Like, he brings the Giants to the playoffs, and then they get bounced really quickly. And then that Bears pick is going to be a gem. And everybody wants to make fun of this quarterback class. This quarterback class, to me, is is much better than this quarterback class. The, the next quarterback class coming out, you got Strong and Rattler. You got this Malik Willis. I'm really excited about Strong and Rattler. I would have had them even probably the top two quarterbacks this year. I would have taken them. You know, over so. over Lawrence, who many people think is a generational quarterback. Ab- really. Absolutely, because Lawrence played at Clemson. He wasn't challenged, really. He had an easy schedule. Okay, so. okay, let's stop right there. I totally disagree with you. He, he won a national championship game in his first year, Spencer. Wasn't challenged. He had two losses, correct, David? Two or three losses in his college career. Um, played in a Power 5 ooh. conference. A power five league that who Miami's the, the best team in the ACC. I mean, it's probably the fourth ranked, maybe power five. It's a terrible league with, with coaching turnover all the time. He plays with ETN, great wide receivers. I'll put it this way um, I don't, I don't agree with the statement that Carson Strong or Rattler would, would ever be rated above Trevor Lawrence in any draft class. I can agree with you that for the most part, the ACC is a terribly weak conference. And the only reason that the ACC gets a team in every year is because Clemson is Clemson and that's Dabo Sweeney and, and Trevor Lawrence is great. That's nothing to do with it, but they're no different than the PAC 12. I mean, they're probably actually a weaker conference, but they just don't have that top end heavy team like a Clemson that you can just peg in and say, Hey, this is, these are the big boys. And no matter who they are, they're going to be in the, in that little playoff or whatever. I think Lawrence had a very good career, but I don't know if he's going to be like a necessarily that great of an NFL. He'll probably be an okay NFL quarterback, you know? Draft analysts and like guys have been doing this for like 44 years. Like Mel Hyper City was like, what, the second or first best player he's ever graded? So, all right, well, Spencer. Didn't they, didn't they have Andrew? They had Andrew Luck above Mahomes also. You know, so, they had Deshaun Watson above Mahomes. So th- these guys aren't that accurate. Mel Kuyper said Jimmy Clausen was going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. So, you know, they're guess they're, you're guessing. These people are guessing. And you're guessing that they're all wrong, too. And you're guessing that. Not, I never said they're all wrong. But you're you're saying with my opinion that, you know, again. I like how you're, you're putting a guy from Liberty. Many people haven't heard of him, Willis ahead of these guys. That's what I'm laughing at. I'll put strong certainly ahead. Well, um, Willis is um, mocking top ten right now, Coach. I've seen it. You know, he's so he's mocking top ten, and if you watched him, I know you didn't get to watch Liberty, but man, does the guy! I'm not his biggest fan, but man, does the guy move? And if he gets into the NFL and kind of these same tools are like you know improved on over this year, you know, it's a little bit of a different discussion right now, but. He's going to be a matchup nightmare for coaches just because of the that that guy's speed. He's he's Cam Newton esque. Yeah. So he's better than Lamar Jackson, Spencer. No, different quarterback. He hasn't played yet in the NFL. Lamar Jackson is MVP. Terrible comparison, coach. Terrible. Lamar Jackson might be is a runner only who can throw the ball. This guy's a power guy who. One MVP. Yeah, but what I'm saying is. 
you you're just assuming that a runner is Lamar Jackson, and that's you got to realize something. Lamar Jackson isn't a scrambler. This guy is. Lamar Jackson is a is a designed runner, and for the most part, has a low scramble rate. So Malik Willis is a step up scrambler. Okay, I don't know, I don't know about that. Well, that's what makes him so good is that he's a, you know he's got that step up scramble. Well, he's a power. He's a power kind of runner. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Step up through the middle, you know. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is the most elusive player at the quarterback position ever. You know him and Michael Vick, and you know Lamar Jackson. I know he hasn't thrown the ball well, but when you win an MVP, I mean, he could. If he puts a Super Bowl run together, then I'd really be impressed with Lamar Jackson. Actually, I'm I'm just impressed with what you're saying about Lamar Jackson right now, Spencer. Well, you know, the guy won an MVP, was unstoppable for one year. He played at a good level last year. You know, he needs to string together a couple more years, and then we're really going to talk about him for a long time. Reality of Lamar Jackson, right, is Lamar Jackson at 32 in the first round, right? Because because he sets such a high bar, people kind of lose this. Even if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, okay, yeah, that's going to be a check, and he's not going to be an all-time great quarterback, right? Not too – in the regular season, he's – Probably a top two or three quarterback all the time because that gets you wins, what he does in the regular season and guarantees playoffs. And I know that some people say Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. That's the end goal, but he's still as good as it comes in the regular season. And then maybe he'll put together a playoff run at some point because his regular season record is flat out impeccable. No, all right, really it's like early Peyton Manning, right? It's, it's extremely hot. Like his winning percentage is insane. All right, so, yeah, let's go, coach. Because yeah, I go on, go on with this. So let's let's transition to some of the, some of the other hot things that are going on right now. There's some big names that are out there that people are mentioning, and guys that have had a lot of success in this league. The latest being Julio Jones in Atlanta. Obviously, there's big discussion. He himself came out and said he's out in Atlanta. David, where do you see Julio ending up? Um. The hot name right now is um Julio the Baltimore. Julio the Baltimore, right? It's kind of like what you've seen. I there's something, some inkling giving me that you know Julio Jones ends up with the Green Bay Packers to keep Aaron Rodgers happy. I don't know why, but if they can make it work with the cap, it seems like a logical move. You do everything you can to keep Rodgers happy in the short term, and then you figure it out later. But, uh, but David, speaking of Rodgers, he doesn't. He hasn't. He doesn't seem all that happy in Green Bay. I yeah, mean, there, was, but, there was a report on draft night that he wanted out. Yeah, in fact, but, he wanted the draft. He wanted the GM fired. Yeah, but uh, coach, here, here, here's the reality with Aaron Rodgers. You know, is he so unhappy that he's going to be willing to accept a trade to the, the Las Vegas Raiders? Maybe as far as one month ago. Well, maybe or. Mm-hmm. Does it come back to the whole big bluff of you cry unhappy, you cry unhappy, you cry unhappy? Oh, we can get you Julio Jones. You know, I figured it out for a fucking year. I'm sorry, didn't mean to curse, but you figure it out for a year. You just cry until you get what you want. Spencer, what makes Spencer Gross and you happy? Where's Julio going to end up? Would Julio be, wouldn't Julio be great in a Giants uniform? I mean, I think Julio be, would be spectacular for the Giants. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think they have the money to pay him. Um, I re- I, I'm seeing a lot what of Julio, Julio. What? 
I said they don't even need him in the sense of like what they would have to pay him. Well, the Giants definitely could, you know. Well, everyone could use Julio Jones. I'll give you. I think the Tennessee Titans is the team that you're hearing a lot of smoke to with Julio Jones. The Titans and the New England Patriots um, are two teams. The 49ers make a lot of sense too. They need like that number one outside receiver. They have a lot of speedsters on that team, but. What team do I think? Cool. I, I I couldn't really. I don't really remember a star wide receiver going up to Green Bay in, in a trade. I I just can't really remember that. Then Aaron Rodgers would have Jones, um, and Devontae Adams, and then the running back Aaron Jones. I mean that that would just be an an incredible incredible team. I, I don't know like like why Julio is saying that he's out when there's no word of a trade. Maybe it's just leverage from Julio Jones against the Atlanta Falcons. I frankly don't understand what Julio's doing with this. He's just continuing to drive down his trade value. I think it's bizarre that Julio Jones is saying this kind of stuff. I mean, don't you, Coach? I mean, there's no news about where Julio is going. Yeah, but I honestly think they're pushing him out. I really do. They they, yeah, they, they really are. They don't want to pay a salary. It's a new so, regime, yeah. Absolutely, and I think that's where they're at. I think they want to see him go, and I think that they can get something value for him. Well, and clearly, the guy's worth a first-round pick. He really is. I mean, he probably said he didn't want to go to the Dallas Cowboys, too. You know what's interesting, Spencer? Though, why would Julio Jones give a give a damn about his um, trade value? Wouldn't you, if you're a player like him who wants out, wouldn't you do everything you could to sabotage your trade value to make it easier to to move on? Why does he care about? Why does he care about that? No, you think he cares about the Atlanta Falcons getting as much as they can from, or does it, does he care about making it as easy as he can to get out? Right. If they're willing to move on from Miami, it's interesting that you know this new general manager, uh, Terry Fontenot. It's interesting that they didn't move him already because this guy Julio Jones. I mean, he's going to be in the Ring of Honor for the Atlanta Falcons. He's probably a top five Falcon ever, maybe Poss- even higher than that. Possibly. Right. Yeah, he's got to be up there. He's got to be up there oh. with Deion Sanders. He really does. Gonzalez. Like um, Jamal Anderson. <laughs> the dirty Mort- uh, Morton Anderson, kicker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Uh, that's pretty yeah. good. Boy. Pretty good boys rattling off the uh, Cherry Glanville. Uh, Chris Chandler. Yeah. Bobby Haybear. Uh, mm-hmm. Spencer. Okay, so let's yeah. talk about – let's talk about – the NFL schedule was released last week, okay? And some of the – the kickoff game is going to be the Dallas Cowboys against the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Spencer, can, can Tommy uh, define uh, – continue to redefine age and uh, turn back the clock one more time just like Phil Mickelson did yesterday yeah. and go for an eighth world yeah. championship? What's your thoughts on Tampa Bay? I think Tampa Bay, I, I think that they're going to have a really good regular season because the, the toughest championships to win is the first. And for Bruce Arians winning that first championship, uh, you also look at, um, at at the Saints, too, with Drew Brees retiring. And it's looking like the Bucs again. I mean, you would just expect the Bucs to have a smoother ride than last year with the pandemic not being able to practice. So this training camp is going to be better. The home field is going to be nice with the fans. It's going to be – it'll be easier for Tom Brady to play uh, this year. 
And yeah, I really like the Bucks' chances uh, this year. Uh, going back to yesterday with Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady, I mean, these guys are just so diligent with the science, what they put into their bodies. And Tom Brady can still throw the ball far enough. His offensive line is still really good. And Tom Brady, he's 6'5". I mean, when you're that tall, you're going to play longer. When you're a shorter quarterback, you're going to get hit. And uh, his height has helped him play a very long time being 6'5". That, that's why Tom Brady's so great, Coach. It's because not only does he have great arm strength, but because it, because of his height, honestly. His height and mobility. He has no mobility. What are you talking well, he, about? He has, pocket, he has pocket mobility. Exceptional pocket mobility. And he has the best uh, throwing motion out of any player to ever play football. You know? That's what I'd say about Tom Brady. I don't know. I think he has a loopy arm, to be honest with you. you what about Peyton Manning? Struggles at best, you know. Chop, choppy feet. I mean, if Peyton Manning played it, he'd be good in this NFL. Um, he, he'd be good in any year of football, Spencer. He's got a great, great mind. Yeah, Did, Mar Marvin Harrison. The boys saw Marvin Harrison the other day. Don't, don't say his name. Don't say his name in full, please. Why? That's old radio, you, you do, old radio trick. You don't say that guy's name in full ever. Why? We don't talk about it. Well, he, he was a, a nice guy. He was a he tremendous was. wide receiver. How about great that? guy, great great wide receiver? Yep. Don't, don't. He is. How about an epic hall? Marvin Barrison. Yeah, great guy. Oh, you never say that guy's name in full. Why? You can't get into it on the air, Coach. Okay. Just know that you're putting yourself at risk. Okay. Well, he's a very friendly individual. Yeah, <laughs> fr friendly to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We love. Uh, all right, so let's talk about some of the key games. Some of the key games I looked at. What, Spencer? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about the schedule. Yeah, the schedule. So, obviously, David, you know, one of the things that I like is talking about the uh, Carolina Panthers. You know, they got a new quarterback, Sam Darnold. Looks like, they, looks like they did a great job in the draft. What's your thoughts on Carolina? <sighs> J.C. Horn. Horn looks really good from what I understand. Uh, read some of the reports. Yeah, everyone looks good in the uh, – every corner looks good in um, preseason um, on rookie camp or whatever. Who, who My thoughts on Carolina is that they're setting themselves up to probably draft at the top again next year. Um, Sam Darnold hopefully is good, but probably is not going to take that huge step, but you never know. Um, J.C. Horn probably will be a very good player. I do agree with that, even though I do like Sertan a little bit better. And – you know, it'll be very interesting. That being said, it's the Bucks division, and the the Bucks and the Saints to me are still the best teams far and beyond that division. Okay, I, I would agree. I would agree. And then who? They don't have really a, a number one receiver. Their offensive line is still very, very suspect. I think it's an older offensive line. And you look at Darnold, it is a better situation because you you have McCaffrey. I mean, DJ Moore is a pretty good – they have all right receivers. Robbie Anderson is a guy that Darnold has known. People like you, Coach, uh, a lot of people are kind of with you and penciling Darnold in as actually being a really solid starter this year. You believe that Darnold's actually going to flourish a little bit in this Joe Brady offense. I think, he, I think he's got a new beginning and it'll be very well. Um, all right, so let's break down some of the top 10 games they have. Uh, Green Bay at Kansas City in week nine. David, do you think – well, I, I guess let's be honest. It's, it's a top 10 game if Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is there. If not – Yeah, I mean, we'll 
I mean, whatever. I mean, we'll see. If Aaron Rodgers is there, he has two quarterbacks. going to have a shootout. It's going to probably week nine at the time. It might have meaning. It may not, you know, as far like the big meaning. It'll just it'll be a good fun game. That's all. Kansas City. Remember last at last time they played, it was a Chad Henney, I believe. Yeah. Versus a rod. How about Tampa Bay and Tom Brady head up to New England in week four? Foxborough's finest in Belichick versus his uh, former quarterback. David, how much is this game gonna be talked up all week? Uh, it's going to be talked up all off season. It's uh, it doesn't get much bigger than that, you know. It'd be like if uh, Michael Jordan returned with the Wizards and you had like a prime Michael Jordan, you know, and it was a real playoff series like Bulls Wizards. I think that's like just because of the nature of the NFL with the seventeen games, not as many. You know, it's a it's going to be a huge, huge, huge event. Remember yeah. when LeBron came back in Miami to the Cavs? You know, yeah. Yeah, I love LeBron. He, he, he's always welcome back. To me, in the, NFL, in the NBA, we'd have to compare into a playoff series just because of how few games there are in the NFL, even though it's not the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even think LeBron to Miami is a great example only because of, like, LeBron's legacy is not really Miami. or it, There's some Miami. There is some Cleveland. Now there's some Lakers. It's not tied to one team where – yeah, Brady just won a Super Bowl with the Bucs, and that will cement the legacy there forever, obviously. But his legacy is the New England Patriots. How about Brett Favre going to back to Lambeau? Very, very, very good example. Good, good stuff, Spencer. But, good but stuff. I think I think that this game, I mean, what the Patriots should do is this should be the debut game of Mac Jones. Mac Jones was wearing number fifty-five as a quarterback the other day. <laughs> Wait, he doesn't have that number, does he? That's what he was wearing. No, but that can't be. I thought he's number 10. Well, you know, the new rule says they can wear whatever number they want. So he was 55. He should wear 99. Yes. And Brady was complaining about that. Brady's old school, and I agree with him. No, so. no, because, yeah, because if, if number two is lined up as a defensive end, you know, you're going to think it's a, it's a safety or something. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Mac Jones wearing number 50. <laughs> 50. I'm sorry. I thought it was 55. It's hilarious watching, like, a video of number 50 dropping back in. <laughs> so epic. I love it. Mac I Jones. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. It's, it's hilarious seeing, like, a, you're just – because he's a big guy, so it's like you're thinking it's like this is a middle linebacker or something, like throwing passes. <laughs> Speaking of big guys, they're not really that big. Navarro Bowman, I saw over the weekend. My gosh, he is as, he's as big, but he's like five eight, and still ripped. It's unbelievable. Wow, great uh, for the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one game that's going to be late in the season that I'm looking forward to, Spencer. It's probably have no meaning whatsoever. Jacksonville, Tim Tebow, eighty five. Yeah, we'll talk to Tebow about Tebow in a second. We'll jump in it. But uh, get back to schedule. Jacksonville at the Jets. You know, you're going to have number one versus number two. Yeah. What's, your, what's your thoughts? I, I mean, obviously, you think Trevor Lawrence is a bust. So, um, do you think Zach Wilson has a chance? Put words in my mouth. I, I think Trevor Lawrence will be all right. I didn't say he would absolutely be atrocious. Uh, Zach Wilson, to me, is the absolute prize of this draft class. I, I mean, I think Zach Wilson's going to get New York football back. He's going to go down as like a Joe Namath kind of character around those parts. And 
I mean, I, I love this. I think the Jets probably had the best draft. You get Elijah Moore, who can really be a great receiver. Um, Denzel Mims is going to come out there, and he's going to absolutely be tremendous with uh, Zach Wilson. Corey Davis is a really solid receiver who played with, you know, okay quarterbacks, but I, I would still take Zach Wilson over the quarterbacks he played with. So um, I'm really – yeah, this game will be great. I mean, last year was the game where Jacksonville beat the Jets – uh, Sam Darnold ghost game. I think Minshew and then beat the Jets. Uh, is this game in Jacksonville too? It's in New York. Oh, it's Urban Meyer going up to see Robert Sala. Uh, is it a Thursday night game? It's a Sunday game, Spencer. Day after Christmas. Hmm. I love that. I love the day after Christmas. But uh, I also, wait, is there Saturday Christmas games too? I don't believe there are. They generally oh, got to have an eight o'clock Saturday Christmas game. Those are the best games of the season. So they might have one, but I don't see them doing all of it. Um, yeah, David. While we dive into this, uh, when we get ready to wrap this thing up, obviously, you know, my question is, Spencer, we are getting ready to. This is obviously the off season happened. You know, the draft is uh, the draft is was over. Um, and and training camp is still about three months away. Spencer, when are we all getting together to uh, even the tab? Well, I got to get, you know, once I get get paid from that basketball tournament. <laughs> I knew it. That, uh, what, what, what the hell? What, 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 Spencer, once I get paid from the tournament, that's going to. Spencer, stop your BS right now. I don't want to hear it. If I came down tomorrow, you're paying for a damn dinner. You've had right. so many months to do this. I don't care about that basketball tournament at this point. Well, well David, when are you going to come down, David? Well, I was already down. You like decided to have this little shindig at um, some rant. I can't. I offered to come down twice. You invited me down for one weekend, and then out of nowhere, you went MIA into Lancaster, and we, we won't talk about that when I said I was going to come down. And then the next time I came down, you, Bruce, and um, – Two guys that no one even knows um, were having this little shindig at um, real nice little place. It was it was a nice time, you know. But you know, yeah, so, yeah. I do come down, but it's not like every day. And you know, Spencer. But I'm also hearing that you need to. I'm ducking you. Yeah, no, no, it's not even that. I'm hearing you need to get the right information and to, to make sure you get paid. That's what I'm hearing. My mom needs to help me out. No, you need to help yourself. <laughs> you need to help yourself out in this world. You're the only one in this world that can help yourself. Hey, right. David, I'm one of the best. I'm one of the best scorekeepers there is, man. Oh, I mean, Spencer, everybody. Spencer, Spencer, there's man. no, there's no doubt about this. You, I do it out of the goodness of my heart, Spencer. There's no doubt about this. I hear you did a great job, and you know, David, Spencer, why do right. you tell, why do you tell Spencer, why do you tell David what you do between games? Well, that was one game. Just like Trevor Lawrence is a bust, but I, I took my the two score monitors. I, I took them to Wawa, the two 13-year-old kids, because I'm the caretaker. Why would you put underage kids in your car? Yeah, <laughs> it, wasn't a, it wasn't a car. We were walking. I bought them chips and Oreos. I got Wawa as well. Why were you, oh. Spencer, but tell David how you recruit these kids. This is David, the best part, David. What do you mean? How I recruit? So when you're doing the score, all right, you have to do the book and the clock at one time. You know, show he's a politician. He might be the best politician at this. What do you do, Spencer? Well, with those kids, 
I'll say what I guess it sounds creepy, but it's not. No, I'll say I'll do one game and you could relax and then you could come back. I, mean, I, I don't actually know what you're talking about. How you, how you get the kids to do the score with you, like to keep the score and everything. So you just like, you, you, you got to roll on. He's got to figure it figured out. He really does, David. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. All right. Oh, with Wawa? Yep. All right. Is that, is that how it goes? Yeah, Spencer, talk about it. Can you tell David the last story? We'll wrap this up with the person Saturday morning, how he was freaking out. He was up 37-3. Oh, David, yeah. It was, it was a classic story of a girls' basketball, and, and we won't get into any more details, but the team was up by 50, and they, they were complaining about, like, how could you, how could we be invited to this tournament? You know, I, I, these, these parents woke up at 5 o'clock to see this 50-point blowout, and you're not running the clock at all. You don't want to run the clock, do you, to the other coach? So it was just a uh, fury from that coach. I love it. But David, I need to ask you. So can you narrow down like kind of like a college guy picking his colleges? You want to narrow down the restaurant options and when you're trying to get up here? Um, You, you know, that, that was a nice little tirade I went on. And all that being said, I've got a pretty busy couple, couple of weeks coming up here. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking some, maybe the weekend, around one of these weekends in June, you know, it maybe. has to be the first time before football season or else there's an even bigger punishment. Well, it has to be. Well, definitely be before it football has season, to be in June, in June or June or July, maybe August, who knows, but we'll do it before then. We got to do it. Yes. Spencer, Spencer, we, we, we had, I thought we had a, a day set, you know, the Saturday of conference tournaments. And then you just, you went MIA on us, but you know, it's okay. Failed. Well, I think, yeah, it was right. a, I think it was a birth. It was a birthday, or it was a Secret Santa event. Yeah, Secret Santa in the middle of March. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been extremely secret. All right, David. Why, why don't you wrap us up? Okay, it was fun talking. Catch up on the uh, previous show. Damn it, St. Patrick's Day. All right. Ah, it's okay, Spencer. Drinking. All right, David. Wrap it up. Let's take it out. All right. Well, Spencer, until next time when we um, try to figure out what holiday, you know, is in the middle of March, Secret Santa, St. Patrick's Day. It's all the same thing. Um, you can listen to us on, if you're still listening, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, um, anywhere you can get the podcast. And until next time, this is Changing Our Times.